Mr. Godo, we understand that it is the president's prerogative and, of course, he even has the constitutional right to change his cabinet. But uh, was the ruling party consulted before this decision was taken? The national leadership in the form of the top six was informed. Not consulted, but informed? Informed. Is, is, is that normal practice uh, for the ANC and since when, if it has become a norm? The norm arises from, firstly, the prerogative in terms of the constitution of the republic and also the authority of the party, which is about political management, because the party cannot micromanage its deployees vis-a-vis what is expected in terms of the constitution of their functions of the republic. But, of course, that relies upon the will of those who are deployed to understand the authority of the political party, which is, in this regard, the African National Congress. So the norm has always been what is expected of those who are deployed, that in the first instance, the, deci- the, heavy, the heaviness of the decision they take and their reaction and the action, therefore, may result in what is important to take the organization uh, into their confidence. The ANC not so long ago was very vocal about uh, collective responsibility and collective leadership. So how does that translate into collective uh, responsibility if a decision is taken unilaterally? Even at that time, uh, to give you an example, when we spoke about collective responsibility, we said within the collective responsibility, there must be individual responsibility. That's why people have got different individual portfolios. It's not like all of us were in the same portfolio. But in that context, there are certain things that we must say collectively we are responsible for. So in the collective leadership, there is collective individual responsibility. So this um, latest reshuffle and uh, on the back of um, one seven months ago, uh, this has given rise to a perception that decisions such as this latest reshuffle are not taken and that the power does not rest at Lutuli House but elsewhere. What is the ANC's response to that? It's one of the things that in, our, in, in assessing how far we've come in relation to these issues and many other issues, what are the lessons? Fortunately, we're going to the national 54th National Conference now. Whether is it in keeping with the 52nd conference in Pulukwane where we spoke about the ANC as a center of power, whether some of these developments are themselves uh, an attack or are they a reaffirmation of the resolution of the African National Congress. It's what the African National Congress as it gathers in Johannesburg in the next two months must consider. Has the president become bigger than the party? Has all power now been vested in President Jacob Zuma, Mr. Godwin? No party, no, no individual, uh, whether of royalty or whatever blood can be bigger than the African National Congress. The, when we talk about the African National Congress, we're talking about the people of South Africa. Individuals will come and go. There are so many big men and women who tried to contest or to make an assumption that themselves are bigger than the African National Congress. Many left the ANC and many came back because outside of the ANC they realized they were not as big as they thought. So to answer your question, no president, because the ANC is not President Zuma. 
the ANC is bigger than President Zuma. Well, it seems as though the ANC is President Jacob Zuma at the moment, because just listening to some of the senior members of the ANC also expressing their surprise, their incredulity at some of the decisions uh, taken by the president, it would seem as though uh, he is untouchable and that the ANC really does not know how to deal with President Jacob Zuma and some of his decisions. The ANC will be the ANC stronger and bigger even after President Zuma. We can't define the life, the future of the African National Congress according to the effects of recency of what happens now. The ANC must exist and be strong even post this conference, be strong and win elections overwhelmingly in 2019. So we can't define it because of the challenges we face now as though these challenges are insurmountable. We shall pass through this cloud in the African National Congress and we must double our effort to make sure this cloud we have in terms of deficit of trust, in terms of our people no longer trusting the leadership of the ANC, in terms of moral ethics of the African National Congress, in terms of ethical behavior of the ANC leadership, an ANC that is perceived to be corrupt and yet the ANC it is incorruptible. It's only those individuals, individuals that will come and go and leave the ANC. So we can't define the ANC in terms of the subjective factors, whilst the ANC, it is an objective reality, an idea that we must live for. It is certainly not an objective reality that the ANC is incorruptible, Mr. Kodwa. I mean, the, the, the speculation and, and in some instances even evidence of corruption or corrupt activity are there. So these things are happening. And now you're sitting with a situation where there's speculation, rife speculation, that the deputy president, Cyril Ramaphosa, may be next on the hit list, uh, you know, where the president uh, seems to be dealing with those opposed to uh, his continued reign. And would this move shock the party if indeed there were to be another reshuffle, if the deputy president were to be removed from his position? We, we, we do not dismiss allegations of corruption. The first commentary you make, we do not dismiss allegations of corruption. But we're making a distinction between individuals who are corrupt or who are allegedly corrupt vis-a-vis the African National Congress. There is no policy of the ANC or resolution taken in any conference, which says we shall be the corrupt African National Congress. But those are members representing the African National Congress. I'm I'm making deliberate distinction so that from a point of view of analysis, you can appreciate that when you say the ANC as a body, it is incorruptible. But individuals who commit serious allegations and serious crime against the African National Congress, it does have a negative impact. That's why we take every allegation of corruption against each member of the ANC very seriously because it impacts on the brand African National Congress, black and gold. We can't take it uh, uh, and, and undermine those allegations. But as to whether President shall then again do uh, what, is, what, what, is, what he may do or shall do in terms of the prerogative and the constitution, I, I, cannot, I, I, cannot, I cannot sit here and talk to you and lie and say he shall not do so. Whatever he do, he does in terms of, of the constitution and the prerogative, but the African National Congress must soldier on. The ANC must be strong. The ANC can rise and fall on the basis of one decision taken, even if the deputy president is removed. The deputy president serves at the behest of the president in the cabinet. He was not elected to be the deputy president of the republic. We elected him in the ANC at least to be the president of the ANC, of the, not of the country. So if the president so decides, whatever reason known best to the president, that he may move people in a manner he has done many times before. That should not uh, make a suggestion that because the African National Congress is at the brink of collapse. But of course, 
the yesterday action, I must, I must have him to say, from an alliance point of view, if you understand that the alliance relations at the moment, they are at all time low. Blade is not indispensable, is not invisible, but to remove the general secretary of a part at a time when we are dealing with such difficulties in the organization, we think that may have a negative impact in the whole alliance. So is there anything that President Jacob Zuma can do right now that would, uh, 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 would, that would cause the ANC to recall him? Uh, say that question again. What would President Jacob Zuma have to do for the ANC to consider recalling him? The discussion in the ANC, Sakina, is not so much about President Zuma at the moment. The discussion in the ANC now is the ANC beyond President Zuma. President Zuma is left two months as the president of the ANC, literally eight weeks or minus one day before the start of the 54th National Conference. So the discussion is about that the ANC beyond President Zuma, including the ANC leading up to 2019 uh, general elections, where the ANC must come back overwhelmingly. So we might face the challenges uh, contemporarily now, but I can guarantee you that uh, the obsession at the moment in the ANC is about the ANC post-President Zuma. He will still be president of the country, though, until 2019. So the two centers of power debate arises again. Uh, how are you going to deal with that? That is a matter that the ANC, as it sits, in Johannesburg from the 16th to the 20th of December, must discuss. Possible recall of a president again? To avoid the two centers of power? That issue in terms of what happens with the remaining part of the term of the president is what the delegates, about 5,000 delegates, as they meet when electing the new president, discussing subjective and objective factors and the realities that are facing the ANC and the desire of the ANC to win the 2019 overwhelmingly. How then do we leapfrog um, and on making sure that all the challenges we face, we go beyond them and win the hearts and minds of our people, the issues I talk about, class deficit, ethical behavior, moral high ground of the African National Congress. How do we restore confidence of our people? How do we inspire hope? Uh, those in totality, in terms of the objective realities, that shall constitute a discussion to answer your question. Well, uh, the um, uh, COSATU and the SACP is saying that uh, one of the ways in which you can go about restoring uh, the image of the SAB, of the uh, ANC, the credibility of the ANC, is by firing incompetent ministers. Uh, what's your take, the ANC's take on that? I would imagine that uh, the president, whatever decisions he takes, is among other than meant to strengthen uh, the capacity of his government as to whether he's got among uh, the cabinet colleagues that are in, in, incapacitated or incompetent. I think those issues that he can answer best. Why? Uh, that's why when we speak even in these issues, we're just doing a guesswork because no, there's no explanation about removing certain people, including people who are recently appointed, have now been removed. But that we can say that uh, at some point, perhaps, the president, for some reason, he would explain to whether to himself or people that he thinks are relevant to deal with why he would have taken certain decisions to leave certain ministers. We can't say they are incompetent. Perhaps to him they are competent.